Hey everyone, I am Charlie Shrem, and you are listening to Untold Stories, hopefully watching Untold Stories, where twice a week I get to dive deep with cryptos, with some of crypto's most influential leaders, but really I get to just talk to some of the coolest people in the space, talk about what they're doing, hear some stories about things that went on along the way, and the show is powered by Blockworks Group, a media production company that without them, I would be very bored every day, and you wouldn't be listening to an amazing show, so make sure you check them out at blockworksgroup.io. They have like 20 podcasts in their network. And thank you to all my sponsors and everyone. And Chris, Chris, welcome to the show today. This is amazing having you on. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. This is uh, this is long overdue. Me and you have pretty epic chats all the time. So I'm glad that we can record it this time. It's a long time coming. And it was so crazy how, how it all came together, how we first met going back a year ago when, when COVID first started. And you know, you, you created a product that reminded me, you, you launched something, and I'll tell everyone what you launched in a second, but you launched something at a time, very, it reminded me of the early days of Bitcoin when we were launching products and services that we needed for ourselves. And one of the things a year ago when we were all going under this lockdown and all the conferences were getting canceled and our community and our culture was at risk of being just like trolls on Twitter, you launched Crypto After Dark, which was essentially the ability for hundreds of us, you're talking about like Charlie Lee and Brock Pierce, presidential candidate, myself, and all these people to play poker together, video chat, and then we allowed other people to watch in. And during the crazy lockdowns of COVID, not only was that important for like my mental stability, yours and everyone else's, but it allowed the community to like have something to do during the times when there was not much to do. Yeah, man, you, you hit it on the head, right? Like I was just craving hanging out with my friends. You know That's what, I mean? what it was. And poker's fun. Like I love playing poker, no doubt. But it was more just like being able to talk shop and like every day so many things happen in our space. So it's always just like pick a day. Like I remember, you know, some of the first times we did it, it was when like the first or one of the major like old coin movements, Bitcoin coin movements happened. And we were sitting there chatting for like an hour, like, was this Satoshi? How could it be? You know what I mean? Like all that type of stuff. And then Obviously, we're we're razzing each other through it. It's you know you need it. Charlie Lee's taking all our money. He's so good at poker. Usual, usual. He, it's usual. scary how good he is at poker. Yeah, he can play some poker. That's for sure. We play. We actually have had, I think, twenty six games so far since COVID's since COVID really kicked off. So we've been doing them every couple weeks now instead of every week. But um, it's always fun, man. We gotta get we gotta get you and Court back on. Yeah, we have to start getting back on the uh on there. My uh I just get nervous cuz I'm not very good and then everyone's watching and I have to like <laughs> I always was I was choking all the time and then and then sticking well, around you 6 hours all in with a seven deuce pre-flop <laughs> all in. <laughs> okay, so this is what happened. Brock Pierce Brock Pierce offered money. I forgot what it was. He said whoever can win beat the table with a 7-2 offsuit not only wins the pot, but everyone has to give that person like, it was like 0.1 Bitcoin or something like that. So, I mean, that's like almost a whole Bitcoin that we were, that was being thrown around if anyone can beat with a 7-2 off suit. And I was so close. If you remember, I had it and I pressed so hard and everyone folded. And I forgot who, who didn't. Was it Brock or was it Charlie? It was, it was Brock that gotcha. Brock knew it and he stayed in. <laughs> And he beat me. He didn't even and, have a good hand. He had like like a king ten or something. Yeah, it was nothing. Because flop, like that's that's the mistake there. You got to play it as if you have like an ace king. The flop comes, an ace is there. You keep raising. 
that's how you'll win with seven deuce. But going all in free flop, you know, anyone would just call it something, you know? It's interesting. When you walk, when you work in this industry and you have the ability to 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 launch a product and, and a new company, and, and I want to talk about Badger Finance here, uh, your newest endeavor in a second, it almost feels like you're walking around with like pocket aces all day. You know, it's like I, you are, we are, we are the revolution. We know we're doing the right thing. It's like we have pocket aces. You can walk into any bank or any meeting or any building or do anything knowing that like you're walking in with those pocket aces and you're going to kill it no matter what, because you, you're, you work in crypto. Mm -hmm. What do you think you about know what? that? There's two sides to that coin, right? Charlie, you know, this better than most it. Yes, for sure. But because of how young the industry is and because of how many barriers are in the industry, just because it's so starkly different from the traditional world, it makes it that much harder to build a sustainable business as well. Right. And you yeah. have these weird pockets of time. You know, we've, we saw it in like, early 14, we saw it in 17, we saw even a little bit this summer, but we have certain like bursts, right? And there's yeah. opportunities not only for businesses to launch, but businesses that are there to take advantage of some of this excitement and almost build a little bit of a war chest to prepare them for the long winters because winters come so often in an immature space like this. So if you think about companies, like even if you look at the DeFi space today, a lot of people look at synthetics and Aave, and compound as like some of the leaders in that in that sector um but you know ave for example launched during the ico boom and same with synthetics and they made you know a lot of really smart decisions along the way around treasury management around the obviously the product that they're building and the security infrastructure that they're building around it to handle a billion plus in assets but it was that burst of time they took advantage they swiftly acted which also differentiates some of the good builders from builders that can learn a couple things. And then during the winter, they just, you know, kept their head down focusing and now they're starting to reap the rewards of that. So that's what's, um, that's what's the good side of this, of obviously being in this industry and, and the more difficult side. And that's why we see a lot of companies thrive and then, um, and then have some issues. That's a good point. Treasury management was a big issue during the, uh, the ICO, you know, boom and bust. And a lot of companies went under just because they didn't, know how to manage the money that came in that was like a pre-stable coin though like tether wasn't as big people weren't uh keeping their money in, in stable coins what type of treasury i mean have you seen what's what was successful what what did people do who raised all this money uh, on this show we've had a bunch of uh ceos of companies that raised money uh icos that are doing really really well hell some of my sponsors are companies that launched out of 2017 ICO that are still growing and doing really well today. Um, and it really all came down to treasury management is managing your company's financing or finances or your own like internal finances. No one really talks about that. It's, it's a massive, massive piece that isn't really talked about. And I'll be honest with you, Charlie, and this is nothing, you know, uh, against any companies that did well during that time in terms of treasury management. But when, when price action is so fast and so vicious up and down, you almost need to get lucky in an extent, right? Yeah. Like a lot of these companies that took money off the table, you know, in December, early January of 18, and like took a, a, a substantial off the table amount off the table or started slowly trickling into like, you know, April, May, they're the ones that were able to weather the storm because, you know, they had tons of dough. Right. Um, but 
folks that kind of just said, hey, you know what? It's only been a few months. There's no way this is going to go back down, you know, 95% like it did. And in some instances, a lot of these projects too relied on the treasury of their coin that they literally just invented out of thin air. And they just went down like 99.9. So I'd say the underlying uh, success stories were probably folks that diversified out of their own assets to an extent into Bitcoin and ETH either then hedged that or got out of that position into stablecoin and then just managed their way up. But I think Synthetics is a great example. I don't know the details about um, what they did with their treasury, but recently this year, they publicly became a DAO, a decentralized autonomous organization, and and they put their assets into that DAO and they had $150 million in the treasury. And I think they raised something like 20 or 30 million or something like that. I can't remember and don't quote that, but... That's an example of a company only built a great product that people are using, a great fierce community, and then as well manage your treasury. And like I said, now you know they're reaping the rewards of it. There were there were a lot of projects back then that I forgot about. I remember there was one like economy or something that was supposed to be a DAO to invest in other coins and tokens, and it's just I'm, there were so many. There were so many. Me and you, me and you touched base a little bit back then because I was in Toronto and I was. Um, consulting for Jax and Anthony Diorio. And I know you you guys were hooking up then too. And that was a time of like um, Syndicator and like Poet and Musiconomy music or whatever. Like there was, there was a bunch that were coming out around that time. Yeah, I remember some of those too. Um, where, do you, where do you see the industry right now? And, and what are you working on? Why are you moving away from consulting and to start your own projects? Well, I couldn't be more excited about what's going on in the industry right now. And like to take a step back, you know, I've been a Bitcoiner, but not like a Bitcoin maximalist, like, you know, type thing for like seven, eight years, almost seven and a half years. And I've been involved in ETH since it came out, especially just being in Toronto. But I wasn't actively involved in the community building in the community. And earlier this year, I decided, hey, you know what? I wanted to build and have an impact on the next 10 years of the space rather than just investing and advising consulting and stuff. So um, I started going down the path to understand like, hey, how can Bitcoin be better used as collateral in financial service products? And, you know, that was even before me thinking about DeFi and everyone talking about decentralized finance. But nonetheless... I went down the path to understand like, hey, how can this be built on Bitcoin? And it was a little bit of a shocker to me because, you know, what came out of it was like, man, it's pretty hard to build some of these things on Bitcoin today. And it's almost not viable to spend your time, effort and resources to do that, where instead you can really accelerate and kickstart the ability to build not only a product that people use and that's easier to use and has composability across a variety of different tools like wallets and exchanges and so forth. But more importantly, you can really accelerate the capital infrastructure and bootstrap your business if you were to build on Ethereum. And that's kind of where that path went to, which ended up becoming something that was somewhat of a surprise, but also an awakening for me. It was like, you know what? Man, building on Bitcoin is hard, but you know we can build Bitcoin products on ETH and other chains, and and also drive that same value for those with Bitcoin. So that's you know that's you know a little bit of the journey of how how I decided to get started with um, with Badger, as you mentioned. But man, this explosion that we're seeing now of Bitcoin on ETH and Bitcoin on other chains, it's just the beginning. Like that, and you know. 
financial apps that are permissionless and non-custodial. You call them DeFi, call them whatever. We're like, going to see are- killer, an insane man. supply squeeze if if what you're saying happens, happens. Because you have wrapped, wrapped Bitcoin on Ethereum is like in the top 15 right now. You have all these centralized companies that are offering people to buy Bitcoin. I think it was like Square was buying like 40% of all the newly minted coins at last year or whatever it was. This Bitcoin. And Grayscale too. Is Grayscale big... owns like 3%. The Winklevoss owned one. I don't forget the percent. Everyone owns percentages. There's a, I believe that there are more Bitcoin derivatives out there than there are Bitcoins in existence. So for many of the countries that Bittrex Global serves, there's no easy way for investors to purchase stocks like Apple, Tesla. In fact, just the other day, I personally wanted to get involved in the Airbnb IPO, but I couldn't. There's no way to get tokenized stocks. Or is there? This will be the first and only way that Bittrex Global customers can access the U.S. stock market and legally own U.S. stocks from anywhere in the world. Tokenized stocks. It is so cool so these shares are tokenized and it's possible to buy like a fractionized portion of a stock so for example like berkshire hathaway i think trades at three hundred thousand dollars a share now through bitrex global you can actually just buy three hundred dollars worth or five hundred dollars worth or even one dollars worth of a stock and then these tokenized stocks are legally bound to the stock itself and it trades exactly like the stock does it's beautiful it's actually what blockchain is supposed to do it's why we're here in the first place it's this is bringing about the next level of these like credit and capital markets and it's allowing global people uh, all over the world to, to, to participate in some of the coolest companies that are based in america today or even companies around the world like i could see so many different applications of this one utility um, stocks on the U.S. stock market only trade between like 9.30 a.m. and 4 p.m. The, just the other day I had to Google that because I don't even know that. But because these assets are tokenized, they're going to trade 24 hours a day. And th- not only that, like individual stocks, but investors can also invest in the whole like S&P 500. Uh, they can get into the, uh, all these indexes uh, just through Bittrex Global's tokenized stock. It's so cool make sure you check out global.bitrex.com forward slash discover forward slash tokenized dash stocks we're gonna have it in our show notes this is one of the front-running new on the front lines application of blockchain technology and you guys are gonna have so much fun with it if you think you can predict the most accurate price for bitcoin on february 1st 2021 my sponsor bit casino is offering the 10 closest predictions, a big Bitcoin price pool. You heard that right. If you are within the top 10 people to predict the closest price to where Bitcoin is going to be on February 1st, 2021, you will win Bitcoin. The information is in the show notes. My sponsor, BitCasino, they are amazing. They are offering it from now until January 28th when the promotion ends. Every day, they're only allowing 25 predictions to be had. So it's not like a lot of people can get in there. Remember, prediction, February 1st, 2021. It ends January 28th. I'm literally going to go in there and do it right now. There's no reason not to. BitCasino, my sponsor, link in the show notes. Check it out. When I talk to a lot of people and they say, yeah, Charlie, I bought Bitcoin. I bought Bitcoin. I bought Bitcoin. I bought Bitcoin. Everyone's been telling me in the past few months about Bitcoin, about Bitcoin. Great. Where is it? It's in the cash app. It's here. It's there. No one's doing it on their own wallets. Mm. Some of them are using exchanges. 
But I don't know anyone keeping Bitcoin on their own, their BitPay wallet or something. No one's keeping on, on the non-custodial wallet. Trezor, Ledger, you don't hear about hardware wallets. Everyone, so you're going to see, while, while yes, maybe. Is that where crazy, it goes like, though, Charlie? Is that where it's, is that where it's going to go? Where that's what I'm seeing because people don't. no one's talking about it. And honestly, in my history, the things that no one's talking about that I'm talking about are kind of the things that happen. Um, and I hate to say that, but I kind of see the writing on the wall right now a little bit. And I think you'll see, you know, it's not going to be like bankruptcies, like Mount Gox, like with cred or whatever, you know, that happened last week, uh, chapter 11 bankruptcy. My, my, my sources tell me that there was actually an insider situation there. And a lot of people, you know, whatever happened there, but, um, you know, you're going to see a lot of keep, people are keeping all these ICOs and these, and we've developed our own uh, credit and capital markets. So now we have our own banks for our industry. So if you are a crypto company and you want to launch to sell Bitcoin socks, you don't have to open up a bank account. You can do all your treasury management with Circle on USDC. They, you can do all, everything. You can transfer in and out of crypto. You don't need to be part of the traditional finance industry anymore because we have now um, we have this like small, I guess, infrastructure that we've been building. However, however, uh, the proof of keys, proof of coins, proof of audit is not happening as much. And you're seeing a lot more people be having wrapped Bitcoin, you know, and at least with wrapped Bitcoin, there are ways to check the DAO to see that the Bitcoin are there in the addresses, but you're going to start to see, and we are seeing now fractional reserve Bitcoin. It's happening. It's happening all over the industry. And people don't realize there are only 18 million Bitcoin in circulation right now. And there will only ever be 21 million. There's not a lot. When you have people talking of owning hundreds of thousands individually, it's not a lot. And so, yeah, I mean, that's not a bad thing. By the way, anyone who owns Bitcoin, when there's a crazy short squeeze, I mean, where do you think it's going to go? Because every, all these companies are going to need to 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 um, uh, settle their debts. They're going to need to settle these derivatives. They're going to need to eventually pay out. You know, when PayPal launches Bitcoin, every time PayPal, when people people don't realize, okay, PayPal is going to launch Bitcoin. I'm sorry, I'm I'm totally taking over the show for a second, but I'm on a little bit of a ramble. When when PayPal yeah. launches Bitcoin and Venmo launches Bitcoin, it's not going to be that you're going to be able to to withdraw the Bitcoin in the beginning. You're going to be buying just sent like. PayPal's version of Bitcoin. It's their centralized Bitcoin that it's denominated in PayPal that you can then buy and sell only within PayPal. So if you have millions of people all of a sudden buying Bitcoin in PayPal, PayPal has to get the Bitcoin somewhere. They can't just claim. But what's going to happen is PayPal is going to work with a company, uh, Paxos, who's going to claim to have the Bitcoin. And it's just going to be like all these companies, derivatives, derivatives, and it's just going to be a crazy supply squeeze with Bitcoin. It's going to be so crazy that even owning one Bitcoin, people will kill each other over that soon. It's a crazy world. I, I, I agree with you, Charlie. I guess, and I think that's like the inevitable when you have a fixed supply, right? Um, that, this is that the shit that we talk about on poker, by the way, and I miss it. <laughs> but you know what, dude? It's 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 so true. And it's you know, I think that's where we're going to go. Do I do I like that? Not necessarily because, you know, I believe in being your own bank, right? Like, yeah. that's what a lot of us started this whole journey on is, you know, F the financial system, F the way everything is. And I've been using F instead of the word just because I got kids at my house. But nonetheless, that was weird just saying it. 
but um you know that that's you know how how we we really started believing in this alternative and you know i think for the short term that will be positive as it relates to price but in the long term that's going to create a lot of the foundational problems that exist in the traditional banking systems with fractional reserves and all these types of things so that's the the scary part to it you know the the pro is like shoot you, you can like at least there's like the opportunity you can hold it yourself yeah and and i think more and more people will but you talk about people being like hey about bitcoin hey about bitcoin Dude, my phone's been ringing off the hook. Like, it's like, that's like the signal of like, hey, we're about to hit it. Like, everybody and their mother's hitting you up being like, yeah. hey, dude, I'm doing blah, blah, At the same time, the conversation is pretty funny and it's the same because it's like, because the conversation has shifted to this. It's like, oh, yeah. Like, literally, I had this the other day with like my, my insurance guy. He called me on nowhere. He's like, oh, you're in crypto. He goes, Oh yeah, man. You know, like two, three years ago, I like bought some Bitcoin on some like I don't know some wallet thing, and like you know, like you know, like digital wallets. And I'm like, yeah, man. And he's like, but I don't, I don't know where it is. It's over here. Like, and like I'm, I'm laughing because the way the words, it's like almost sounds like Courtney when he talks about like mining. And like, yeah, you don't know what anyone's talking about. <laughs> like shit, like that, right? It's just pretty funny. But that's what people. That's what. The, the new retail Bitcoin owners are going to care about. They're not going to care about that stuff. There's going to be a portion that come top of the funnel that work their way down and that eventually make their way to, you know, owning your keys. Yeah, I see what you mean. But, yeah. but, and I'm not, and let me take a step back. I don't, it's more of like excitement. I don't think it's going to be a problem. Like, you know, the price will go up, but I don't, you know, if there's like some short-term uncomfortability and some dominoes fall, that's not a bad thing because look, like without the reason that, stable coins and earning interest accounts and DeFi even exist is because during 2017, we got all this money and no one knew what to do with it. So without that, we wouldn't be here. So without the problems that are going to come out of DeFi, we won't have the next, whatever the next is. You just have to make sure, not you, but everyone who's listening has to make sure that you are properly hedged and you could weather the storm and you could make sure, because listen, like, Increased volatility and the Bitcoin price going up is amazing and it's exciting. But when you've been through like like a bunch of these, it's it's so exhausting and mm -hmm. uh, stressful. And you make so many mistakes, right? Like so I actually mistakes. was thinking about this yesterday. Like we had a little bit of a run over the summer, right? And it was a good opportunity for me to dust off, you know, dust off some wallets and get involved in some alt stuff. Yeah. That I really haven't played around with for, for almost two or three years now. But you know, I, I went through this strategy process of like identifying, okay, what are, what are my investment, um, you know, criterion rules and, and what I learned from the run a few years ago. And then that was a predicator of the run a few years before that. But, you know, one thing that you said there that I also want to make a clear differentiation behind, like when we talk about PayPal and some of the stuff happening there, that's definitely not DeFi, right? DeFi is being used. As I'm not saying you're using it, but in general, everyone's just throwing around DeFi yeah. as like this term and it's hot and all this stuff. But, you know, when you talk about what happened, you know, with cred recently and some of the things people have said about Celsius and the patches, stuff like that, that's really the line in the sand to show the difference between DeFi and centralized uh, custody and, and potential issues that can come with centralization of digital assets. With DeFi, yes, there's underlying smart contract risks that most people won't even be able to wrap their head around because of the complexity of it. 
and that's a, that's a very big risk. In some instances, you're better off trusting centralized parties than you are smart contracts, right? That's and and then the underlying. But then know, they fall chain. too, so there's like risk with that. Of course, there's there's enormous amounts of risk everywhere. Like let's just call a spade a spade. But at least there's verifiability, risk, yeah. right? Like at least there's verifiability. Like when you're using a blockchain and you're taking on that smart contract risk, you can see the other side of the equation. Like you can go on a block explorer and actually see what yeah. you just did and provably what you have there, for example, right? If there's no, it's very little smoke and mirrors and that's a huge step. And that's what's, you know, that's what's beautiful in my opinion about where that's going is you have the verifiability. You can, you have that transparency in a financial transaction where in most instances, as obviously in, in, in the traditional world, you don't, but you know, even in some of the more centralized like exchanges, you don't see shit. You don't see what's on the other side, right? You have no visibility into that stuff. What do you think of some of these like centralized DeFi platforms or exchanges and some of the DeFi ones? You don't have to mention them specifically, but um, you know, people are nervous. There, you know, um, some issues. Right, rightfully have. so, right? Like it's new tech. It's new. Like, okay, talk centralized, talk decentralized. On the centralized side, you're you're trusting in most instances startups. Okay, forget what industry you're in. Really, what it is now? You're trusting in an immature industry that has had a pretty precarious, um, you know, uh, history as it relates to as it relates to the players behind it and the businesses and things along those lines. So when when that's the case and you're looking at these centralized parties, like that's that's going to be risky, right? On the decentralized side, you have new tech, new smart contract software, new teams, anonymous people behind it. You're missing some of the visibility into the people behind it that you see in the centralized world. So all of it is extremely risky. And that's why I believe we are far away from, you know, retail, retail usage, especially on, on the DeFi side. But I'll tell you, I, once again, I had a conversation just a few days ago. I bought Bitcoin a few years ago. Not that much. Five grand. I have it sitting around. A friend told me I can earn some interest on it. Eight percent, seven percent. Like, shit, I get one percent from the bank. Like that narrative right there, Charlie, that's a killer killer narrative for the next one but people are still i agree with you all these guys are going to integrate it but is it that they're seeing that they can earn interest on their bitcoin or do they want to earn interest on stable coins because bitcoin's volatility as much as it goes up it's still going down just the other day i was like you know bitcoin was going up to fifteen thousand, and i was talking to someone who was so excited and of course he was like yeah but wasn't it at twenty thousand at one point so until you until you hit that stigma of breaking 20,000, the volatility is still an issue for people. DeFi, people like stable coins. And there's the problem is with what, and you tell me, like, I don't know of, is there a mechanism to earn on your stable coins without trusting a centralized party? Is there a DAO that you can just drop USDC in and earn, you know, compounding interest on chain without? trusting a centralized uh, party. There's That's many. what we need. There's many actually. And I would argue the the biggest players in the DeFi space. So if you were to go on defipulse.com, it'll list oh, I'm gonna go to the site. Yeah, you go on defipulse.com, it'll list the top 
DeFi projects by TVL, total value locked. So that's how much assets are sitting on those- $12 billion. There's $12 billion, which I think is up from under a billion in January of this year, to put in perspective. But this only count, this only is, this is not, this is not centralized exchange. These are, this is uh These are all decentralized protocols. These are all apps. Yeah. Almost all of them are apps on Ethereum. Okay. So these are apps on Ethereum. Uniswap, which I'm sure everyone's heard of the big, they have 3 billion plus in assets on their platform. Compound, Aave, Synthetics, Curve, Yearn Finance. These are the names that you'll hear consistently and you'll see at the top of the list. Some of these protocols are new, like Curve and Yearn. But Compound, Ave, and Synthetics, and Uniswap, two, three years of battle-tested smart contracts. They have insurance layers that you can acquire on top of them now. But on all of these, you can deposit stablecoin, and you can borrow, well, Uniswap, you can't, but you can earn interest for the most part in some form or fashion or yield um, through, these, through these applications. Uniswap, you earn a percentage of the fees. You can get some... Uniswap token for participating in pools and so forth. But Compound, for example, you can lend USDC, you can get interest on it. It's all on chain. It's all verifiable. And, you know, there's billions of dollars that have passed through the, the smart contracts over the last few years. So it's there. It's happening. It's exploded this year from 1 billion to 13 billion or whatever the number is today. And I think that's just the tip of the iceberg. And then that lends itself to Bitcoin on Ethereum, like why has that exploded? Yeah. Well, people have a bunch of Bitcoin sitting around and it's just doing nothing for them. And they're, they, don't, they definitely don't see the value in for two or 3% interest, for 5% interest, even eight, KYCing and then lending it out to a centralized party without visibility into what they're doing with it. Because our industry is so young and so tech oriented, more people are comfortable taking those Bitcoin, wrapping them, putting them on Ethereum, yeah. and then using smart contracts and decentralized applications to earn higher yield. So it's a risk and reward type thing. But that's that's why Bitcoin's exploded from 1,000 Bitcoin to, I don't even know, 100,000, 150,000 Bitcoin that sit on Ethereum today. I'm like just looking at the DeFi rate right now, and it's just it's just insane. Do you think we'll see like, so, okay, so let's go. So, so I want to bring this all together with Badger. So, so with Badger, like the first line, whenever anyone checks it out, it looks, this is not a company, it's a community. So tell me why that's so important for you to make that your first line. But then when it comes to like bringing some of these things to uh, some of the, some of the Bitcoin aspects to Ethereum and to DeFi, what, what are we talking about specifically? What do people want to see? Well, we'll start with the community piece. So the, Call it a business, call it whatever you want, but this is a new frontier in what the world's going to be like moving forward. But nonetheless, it's a DAO. It's a decentralized autonomous organization. It's not a legal entity. It's not legal. There's no co company behind it whatsoever. Not that it's not legal. It's not a legal entity, excuse me. And it's essentially a bunch of software products that sit on a, that sit on a blockchain. And there's tokens that decide what those those uh, software products do. And I say it's not a community, it's a company, because without a community of people passionate that are participating 
in deciding which project, what products, which features, which fees, you know, how you manage the treasury, what the operations are, how you vote on these different things by using the token that represents that, um, that business, nothing will happen. It'll literally just go into oblivion. So that's really the, the new frontier. You're working and you're collaborating with people in a true democratic type environment, except you're using digital tokens to manage that governance and those decisions. And it's you so have cool. products now that actually create revenue that have capital to, to which you can manage the treasury and make decisions and hire people. But these are people that you've never met. These are people with, you know, in some instances, ridiculous anon names, like, like Boobster and yeah. you know, like crazy stuff. But, but what, what you're doing is you're trusting in their actions and what they've proven to you that they can deliver, that they've repeatedly delivered. And, and through that, they've been able to garner the support of the community to, for example, put them on an operational salary. That's something that will be voted. How do you even get to that point? It's not like giving a resume to you, Charlie. You take a look at it. Yeah. Oh, it was referred by your cousin. And you're like, oh, okay, I'll give this person a chance. It's like, no, that person spent time. Let me say they're in you know, graphic design, doing some work for a month, you know, showcases the community. Hey, this is the type of stuff I can do here. I'll do this for free. I'll bootstrap this. To the point where the community is like, hey, I want to trust so-and-so. And let's put them, let's give them $5,000 a month from the salary to manage all of our blog content and all of our graphics for social, for example. That's a yeah. small operational decision. But that's that's why it's a community, not a, a, a company. And then I'm just ridiculously bullish on Bitcoin as collateral in decentralized applications. So that's all. I agree with you. I think Bitcoin is 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 one of the best collateral for, ever invented. Well, can I can I tell you why I think, and you tell me why you think? Uh, and sure. it should be the opposite if I was a better podcast host. But because um, <laughs> I think that a lot of the the stable coins and everything still rely on a backing of like fiat and centralization, where Bitcoin has proven over the past ten years to have the value because the market says it has value. You know what I mean? Like. That's what I think. But what, why do you think Bitcoin is the ultimate collateral? Liquidity. Yeah. It's really that simple. Um, you got something that's ridiculously liquid and you use it as collateral. You don't need to go to, you know, a mortgage broker to get an appraisal on your house to then, you know, get a line of credit against that. You literally log into an application with your wallet. They don't even need to know who you are it automatically can tell exactly what your balance is through the algorithms pre-qualify you for what type of loan you can get against that. You literally click a button and within seconds for pennies, you've now funded this and you, and then you've also immediately received the loan as an example, yeah. right? Like that's like, I don't know. And, and you can do that. It doesn't matter where you are in the world. You can be on your computer, you can be on your phone in the middle of nowhere, right? Like this is, true finance like this is what it looks like in the future you know and that's and that's why bitcoin being the king of all digital assets and the one you know that i believe has the the best chance to become um, money in the long term that's why you know bitcoin as collateral as well is, is just killer i was just uh standing outside the coffee shop just now with someone and he's like i don't understand like why is this so why are people getting so excited about DeFi and bitcoin i was like I was like, let me, let me tell you something. You own a restaurant, right? You're sitting here. You're talking to me about another business. You're trying to start a sushi bar down the block. You also own your house, right? You also 
own a boat. But you, and then you have a job that pays you for 10 years set, set. I said, everything I just described, imagine if that could be represented, tokenized or represented in an app on your phone. And then now, instead of needing to go out and do paperwork and get investors, you can leverage your other assets to create new assets. You can leverage your capital to create more capital. You can leverage your life. No middlemen, no paperwork anymore. It's, it's, it's really coming together. Uh, I think it's coming together faster than I thought it would, to be honest. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, these financial apps are, are, in my opinion, like the first. Yeah. I think digital. No, it is. It's like the first. It's really the first. It's like the first. Like, I think DeFi is really like the first major thing for, for industry, like to be taken seriously. Because ICOs, we were like made fun of a lot still. Yeah, well, ICOs, really, they were a unique funding. You know, the, the interesting part there was the funding mechanics behind it. That's where it potentially had the chance to be a quote unquote killer app. But that, yeah. that quickly unraveled. But, you know, applications that allow you to do exactly what you just said in terms of um, fun getting financial services, like, you know, that, that's killer. Because it, it it's reliant on the digital assets having, you know, financial or monetary value. Yes. Which, what is what they are today? The the app, the killer app today is like you know, kind of like forex trading. It's like trading. That's what crypto is all about, you know, and has been about for the longest time. And now, because of that, you know, the the underlying infrastructure that exists, there is consistent and liquid monetary value for digital assets. So then, the next evolution of that is how can you use that in many different ways. Yeah, so that's a good point. Now everyone, so now we're still in like all like the lending, it's like we're building out the lending and the and the the borrowing infrastructure is what you're saying. But the next level, if I understand you correctly, is that now it's, how are we gonna actually, let's, we're gonna build out products to actually uh, increase the value of this capital, not just the infrastructure of the lending and the borrowing, but the actual like uh, creative products and services that can then exist on the blockchains. Uh, we can then charge, or, you know, it can grow outside, bring other people more in. And that's exciting because uh, I, I'd love to see insurance products built off Ethereum. I'd love to see my homeowner's insurance not be paperwork. I'd love to see someone launch a hurricane insurance that was DAO-based. Like, that would be brilliant. Why hasn't anyone done that yet? Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that that interconnectivity between the real world and, and the digital world is going to what is what comes but like if you look at nexus mutual for example they've done a great job at tokenizing and and providing um decentralized insurance for smart contracts and that's kind of like the first you know the it's the thing that clicks like if you're going to venture into insurance and blockchain based insurance why wouldn't you work to insure other blockchain products like that's like step 1 you figure that out you work out those kinks you really build a moat there, then you start looking at other stuff, right? Yeah. Um, but all those things are happening. Like derivatives markets are now, you know, very active on on Ethereum. Lending and borrowing are very active. Insurance are very active. Like all these apps are really starting to pick up steam. So you know, if bringing that all back to Badger, like what are we all about? Well, we're focused on building those apps, and we're focused on building those apps specifically for tokenized Bitcoin. So. What are those applications once you have tokenized Bitcoin and then helping build some of the infrastructure for how you get Bitcoin onto other chains and then into these applications. So I, I see it as a, you know, eventually it will be deposit Bitcoin and choose your own adventure. 
Well, Chris Badafora, how can how can everyone follow you on Twitter, Facebook, uh, follow your company? How can people play some poker with you? Yeah, po- poker is always a always a good time. So uh, for Badger, Badger.finance is the website, um, and BadgerDAO is the the Twitter handle. Go there. Highly, highly, highly encourage anybody to go there and then go immediately to our Discord. That's where the community lives. There's hundreds okay, awesome. of people in there actively discussing things about the business, providing insight, feedback, suggestions, posting votes, and and things along those lines. So would love anybody and and everyone's feedback really is. As the as the business grows, and my side, you know, crypto after dark, you go BTC poker game on Twitter. We're always playing there, and, and you'll find me um, on Twitter as well under that. Thank you, Chris. Charlie, thanks, buddy. This is awesome. Love chatting. It's fun. <laughs>